1: Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason
2: Matthews, the show
1: that covers all things NRL.
2: Yeah, welcome to the show. Jason Matthews, Scotty Sattler here for another weekend of Off The Bench. Hello, Satsy. Hello, Jason. What a... What not a, much going on this week. Not a lot at all. We've got nothing to talk about yeah. today on the show. We
3: could talk about many other things other than what's <laughs> happened in rugby league. Of course, Wimbledon, Nash Barty, so exciting. Um, so much has been happening, but unfortunately with Origin next Wednesday, we haven't even spoken about Origin. The only time we've spoken about Origin this week is when Jai Arrow breached protocols.
2: But before that, it was all about the Dragons, of course. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Um, the Raiders back in the winning circle Thursday night at Four Pines Park. I like the, I like the use of the word park as opposed to stadium. Like it. It means it's more intimate, right? And... Brookvale or four Pines Park is a lot like that
3: still got the hill on the eastern side see so
2: they're making a grandstand
3: though no on the northern Grands. end is going to be there like their offices and high performance facilities oh, right,
2: which overlooks the stadium yes
3: a little bit like America where you see a lot of yep. those the uh the baseball yeah where they you know the, they overlook the uh, the whole yeah, the whole the stadium. Offices yeah in that there.
2: oh that's good yeah um so much going on this week in fact it's been a big news week. First of all, the Dragons, and then uh, we know a certain player for the Dragons who's been sacked when Jai Arrow did something wrong on Thursday. He just breathed a sigh of relief and said, thank God the heat's off me now, mm. uh, talking about Paul Vaughan. Uh, we'll talk about Jai Arrow and poor Vaughan and the Dragons real soon. State of origin, number three, going to Newcastle. There is so much, mate. There is so much stuff to get to. Let's do it now. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. Oh, and just on that, Josh Hannay on the show suit as well. He has a view on the Dragons' plays and what they're doing and whether it's selfish or not as well. You'll hear that later on the You know what I like show. about
3: Josh in our interview is that usually if you've asked a lot of people, they'd say, you know what, it's happening in another club. I don't want to worry about that. I just want to worry about myself. But because he's a, he's a, he's a true believer in the game, Josh Hannay. He gives an honest opinion in relation to the players who can't follow, mm. just can't, can't be disciplined.
2: Thursday afternoon, there was rumours that there was a breach of uh, the biosecurity protocols in the Maroons camp and that Jai Arrow was possibly the perpetrator. We've now learnt since that he invited a female friend into the Maroons camp on the Gold Coast, uh, which is a no-no. Um and subsequently has been dropped from the Queensland team, put into 14 days self-quarantine, uh, given a $35,000 fine and two-week suspension. Now, Sats, I want to get your view on these things. So, separate. Origin
3: is one game too, remember? And then
2: one with the Rabbitohs. Yeah. I think the $35,000 is fair. I, I reckon you need to be... Plus, he loses his $15,000 match payment for Origin too, yeah. remember? So, he's out of he's out of 50, pocket 50000 bucks. But I feel... I feel the two weeks is pretty light. I, I know the cash is heart heavy, but I feel the thing that hurts these players the most is not playing the game. Am I correct? Absolutely. And I I just think, and even as a South supporter, I'm going to say this, he should have copped a minimum four weeks.
3: Do you know what? The reason for the two weeks, Jace? reading between the lines without knowing what the actual facts are and who the person was that was brought into the camp, whether it was his girlfriend, whether it was... Uh, someone else not quite sure I'm thinking the circumstances are the reason why the suspension isn't as bad and what I'm saying about that is that obviously he has explained and he's come out and he's accepted full responsibility he says it was Who foolish what I, I know I was foolish what I did I'm I'm ready to accept all the criticism that's going to come my way I get it and I deserve it so push all that aside I'm feeling as though the 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 actual the details behind why he bre- and who it was that he that he breached it with is probably why the suspension is so minimal. And many will sit back and go, "Hang on a sec, no, you breach it, you breach it." I'm thinking that someone has come in as someone that is is known to him, is someone that's been inside the bubble with him, maybe his girlfriend, who's in the bu- in the bubble with him from an NRL point of view. If it was just some random, well, I would feel as though the suspension would be greater on the back of what's happened with the Dragons players because you would think that would be enough to scare any sportsman or woman who's in this situation where they're inside a bubble of, of whatever nature to say, you know what, I don't want to be the front page of every paper. I don't want to be the talking topic of every TV and radio program. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking there's going to be an explanation behind this from knowing Joy. I've known Joy since she's about eight years of age. Yep. Yeah. And I'm thinking there's an, there's an explanation behind this. I don't think it's going to be an explanation that we need to accept and it's going to uh, play a part in, in us saying that the NRL got it wrong. I think they have got it right. But in saying that, there's going to be an explanation behind it. But I'll guarantee oh, – I can't say guarantee. I reckon alcohol's involved.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, I just – I don't care who he brought into the camp. That's got – that's that's none of our business, right? That's his personal life and whatever. The fact is you can't bring someone in. Exactly. And who who's to say that person hasn't got COVID mm. or been in around someone with this this very spreadable Delta virus that's going, strain that's going around. He's stupidity, and it is stupidity. I mean, you don't hang and quarter the guy for it, but he could bring the whole bloody game down. Yeah, I know. And you've got people like Andrew Abdo and Peter Verlandis and all those at NRL HQ working all, with three governments. They're, they're aware of that. The players are aware of that, but well, but they're not aware of it, mate. They're, they're not. No, they're aware of it. They, they all admit. They don't think because they're selfish. They're all admit
3: they're aware of it, but they're selfish, unfortunately, mate. Unfortunately, they feel self entitled. Yeah, they think they're above the law, and we have, as our as our different generations, as we go through our different generations with. You know, with teenagers and early twenty-year-olds, mm. the lack of resilience or the art of resilience—you
2: know—they teach resilience nowadays, no. mate. It's frowned upon,
3: and we're, we're seeing that more and more. And that's where the self entitlement comes from, where he, they feel as though that um, they don't need to abide by any of the rules. And it's and it's unfortunate because this, mm. because as I said, I've known the kid since he was eight or nine years of age. He's a yep. tremendous young man, but I can't excuse the stupidity.
2: Okay. I believe, and slap me down for this, I think anyone who breaches these biosecurity protocols and they're in level four at the moment, which is the highest, should be deregistered for the year, stood down for the year. They need to be taught a lesson. think, And, and there's, there's not, you've got to be so hard on them and go, and it affects the clubs, yes, but what – this is the showpiece of the NRL next Wednesday night. Andrew Abdo had to beg – the New South Wales government, to have the game in Newcastle, which is a COVID-safe place, Mm. by the way. And hats off to the NRL and the governments working together to ensure that this can happen for us. For us. It's for us. Us fans, the people who buy tickets and buy merchandise and all that. And we've got these idiots everywhere. 20 players in the last two weeks have breached biosecurity rules through – through stupidity, mate, through greed, through uh, entitlement, whatever you call it, they should all be stood down for the rest of the year and taught a valuable lesson because without the game, you're nobody.
3: I agree agree with you. And the only reason why that didn't happen with the Dragons, and there's a lot of people that feel as though those other 12 players got off really lightly with a one-week suspension. I tend to agree. If there wasn't 13 players involved, just say there was three or four involved, I think they would have – received really hefty penalties when it comes to spending time on the sideline because there was 13 players. Mm. It would have completely yeah, destabilized yeah. one club and would have exposed the younger players in the NRL when they're not ready. And that be, that's going to be deemed unsafe, deemed unsafe when you're doing that to players. So, um, the St. George, Illawarra Dragons, in a way are very lucky. There were so many involved that they're not losing more players, um, for a large period of time. So, but I, I just, I can't fathom to try and – to th- even try and contemplate what was going through Jai's head while in origin camp. Oh, I think I know. Oh, <laughs> I can understand as well. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, I just can't – I can't begin to think why reading throughout the week what has happened is not enough to steer any young man away from the decisions that he's made.
2: So we had the Dragons barbecue fiasco last weekend's. Don't forget, too, we had Bulldogs players, five Bulldogs players go to a pub in Bondi mm. three days after these level four biosecurity restrictions were brought in by the NRL. Everyone knew about it, yep. everybody. They're be- they're sitting behind the club now and letting the club take the blame that, oh, we didn't inform them. Uh, they're on social media 24-7, these kids. They know what's going on. You know what disgusts me? And I don't want to be all oh, Alan Jones at the moment, but four of those five players get to play again this weekend. Mm. Again, they they were in a pub with a close contact. Well, the Bulldogs... COVID-19. Well, that was the NRL sanction. <clears throat> yeah, yeah the, that's
3: right. It wasn't a government, what I understand. Well, the Bulldogs haven't actually... Yeah, even the Dragons haven't... The Dragons haven't brought down their sanctions on I the think, players
2: yet. I think the Dragons are safe because they actually told the club, the players, not to do anything.
3: Well, the only sanction that they... The, that we know of that the dragons have brought upon those 13 players they terminated Paul Vaughan
2: and the suspensions and the fines but that was from the NRL that wasn't was from it? the NRL actually it's a good point so Sats. the Bulldogs haven't brought their sanctions down on their players and and hence
3: when you're in the position the Bulldogs are you need all the all the players you can get
2: so is this then saying to the players it's okay well what's it saying to the players is
3: that uh the NRL will take over It'll, they'll take the responsibility out of our hands, and will allow the governing body to make the decision on our on our club. Um, I feel as though a club with really strong leadership would have also also brought down some sanctions to those players. Now I'm not saying they haven't. Maybe they have, and we don't need to
2: know them. They just need to be kept in. Well, they can't be. They're playing. The four of those five Bulldogs players are back this week. It's yeah,
3: disgusting. It might be other sanctions. We don't know what they may be. Whatever it may be, it could be monetary.
2: But shouldn't the fans know?
3: Uh, no, no, that just becomes clickbait for people to to um
2: but if you want to show that you're a strong club and you're in control of these players then you go listen we've slapped them all with a twenty thousand dollar fine and they've reassured us they will never do this again. And that,
3: and that may come. Yeah well it, hopefully it may
2: come. Well yeah I don't know. Hey listen let's move on to a state of origin, something positive. It's great that the game's in Newcastle on Wednesday night And as I said earlier, the NRL worked so hard with the New South Wales Government, with the Queensland Government and also the Victorian Government to get all these players playing. I only have a question, though, over one thing. Why 75% capacity when there is no COVID in the area? There's no COVID in Victoria, no COVID issues in Queensland, although Brisbane is a hotspot. I I find it's a little bit interesting a little bit unfair.
3: The Central Coast is a hotspot.
2: But Newcastle's
3: not, mate. Yeah, but it's... 45 minutes up the road. Yeah,
2: but, well, look look at the Gold Coast and Brisbane.
3: Does okay, COVID got,
2: not travel through Lee? You've got an option. We'll err on the side of caution and let's go 20,000, 75%. So then why is – Or not the, have it at all. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, why is the, the cowboys rabit 50%? Like It's just a little bit muddling. But um, I, I think it's great that it's in Newcastle. You agree? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Rugby League heartland. Mm-hmm. Um, can we lighten the mood a bit? Can we talk about pre-game entertainment? Because um, I was fortunate enough to be at Game Two at SunCorp, and I, I was thankful that I got to sleep uh, during um, who are they called Shepherd. Now, if I was a lost shepherd, she- are a good group. If I was a lost sheep, that would be the last shepherd. <laughs> I'd want to come and save me, mate. It was boring. There's only one. There's only one group that can be
3: the the entertainment pre-game, and that's got to be Silverchair.
2: Imagine that. Now, Silverchair born and bred Newcastle.
3: Screaming Jets. Screaming Jets in Newcastle.
2: Done. Where's that? Get, get Peter Volandis on the phone now. So
3: can we have three songs from Silverchair, three songs from Screaming Jets?
2: Don't even play the game. We've got it sorted. That's, that's all we need. Yeah. And then, like, to really bring it home to fire the guys up right before kickoff, bang, then bring out Shepard. And they can do Geronimo. I like Shepard. So don't bag Shepard. When I heard Geronimo, I wanted to jump. <laughs> so I wanted to jump onto the field and just pull out like I was looking for the extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> it was atrocious sats. Yeah. You're up in your corporate that, suite. How good would that be, But Screaming Jets and, and silver Silverchair. Unbelievable, mate. See, that gets you pumped up. Yeah. Working class, you know, area of Newcastle, working class bands. Yeah, you know the Screaming Jets and silver
3: Silverchair said to, I think it was Screaming Jets, more Screaming Jets, said to uh, Andrew Johns and Matty Johns, if they won the comp in 1997, that they'd play a backyard concert for them. So they won the, they won the grand final in 97 against Manly. They did a backyard concert in back of one of the players' houses.
2: Didn't Joey go surfing with some of the members of Silverchair the next day?
3: His best mates with Daniel Johns, the lead singer. Yeah, Yeah. and
2: uh, a few of them went surfing afterwards. I I wouldn't have think it
3: would be the next day. I don't think it would have been in (laughs) in any shape. It's that time for
1: an Off the Bench Friday Night Preview.
2: Yes, that's Friday night football is at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium tonight in Newcastle. This game has been moved from Stadium Australia uh, at the request of the Queensland government because. Hey, NADOC week this week. Too. NADOC week, yeah. yeah. Um, which makes that um, Ash Barty win in the semi finals. Yes, you're right. At Wimbledon even more special as yep. she goes into the final, first time since 1980. And who was it? One of our other great Indigenous tennis players, Yvonne Goolagong. Yeah. Isn't it great? Special week this week. Uh, but, yeah, no doubt the uh, South Sydney boys will be uh, celebrating uh, NAIDOC week this week. Proud Indigenous heritage with the Rabbitohs and the amount of work they do yeah. in the community. Anyway, taking the game to Newcastle against the Cowboys tonight at the request of the Queensland Government. Home of the Awabuckle people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, actually, I saw something on Channel 10 during the week. I think yeah. it was Wednesday or something where they did the weather. And they not only do they have the uh, the names of the cities as we know them now, but they also had their traditional uh, indigenous names. Yeah, okay, why can't we do that on a permanent basis? Why don't we
3: do? Why do we do it just in Nadoc Week? Absolutely, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, like you
2: look at the Kiwis and you go to New Zealand, they celebrate their their heritage. Well, my wife's a Kiwi, and I'm I'm hearing it's happening a, a little bit more in
3: some schools now. But she said growing up in in her junior schooling years, they were taught the, the, the Māori tradition. Yeah. All about the Māori tradition. So they had a, you know, a deep respect and there'll be a lot of Maoris that would say, no, that's, that's not the case, that they suffer the same injustices as what the Indigenous people in Australia do. But in saying that, they're teaching it through the schools.
2: Yeah, and I, there's an opportunity there for us to do more of that as well. Yeah. Instead of teaching all American history or that, what about Australian history? More of that, you mm. know. And and I know we're off subject here, but it's it's an important part of the South's, you know. It is. DNA. Um, what about when we sing the national anthem, we sing the Indigenous version I as think, well? I think that'll be inevitable. Yeah, it has to happen. But yeah. anyway, uh, moving on to the Rabbitohs versus Cowboys. Uh, a few out for the Rabbitohs. Five um, out, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, six four out. and a half. Four, four and, and, half. and a half. Yeah, uh, Out arrow. now with Chiaro. A good thing for the Rabbitohs is Walker and Reynolds were overlooked for selection for New South Wales, which I'm pretty happy about. So got that tremendous halves combo there. Happy or? Um, (laughs) I reckon Reynolds would be a little bit disappointed. And again, I'm blaming that try on the weekend where he ran uh, and sat in the front row uh, with the ball in his hand and wonder why the try is disallowed. Is he? Is he thinking about the cash in Brisbane? No, Uh,
3: it's one of those ones where you score it when they go. Let's go to the video referee, and you actually. You lie to yourself and you say, please, I was, I was two foot inside the dead ball line. When it actually comes up on the big screen, you think, oh, my God, how could I be so stupid? But, yeah, five players out. And but he's got size five toddler feet. <laughs> yeah. How do you put those on the yeah. line? Uh, and um, he's only four foot two on the good day. Uh, Blake Taff comes in to for um for Latrell Mitchell. He's a really good young player, this Blake Taff. He's, he's originally a number six. He's not as big as... What Latrell is, um, he's twenty two years of age and he's uh, he's one of the South juniors. So, Benji uh, in the
2: nine—that's
3: really interesting. Seeing Benji with a number nine on his back and um, m- seeing those snake shoulders do uh, <laughs> do thirty tackles a game is going to be really interesting. I don't think he'll defend in the middle. I think he'll, I think they'll defend him a bit on, on the edge. wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just next to the halves. So, um, but still a really strong team when you got Jaden Sewer and you got Keon Kulamatangi, Thomas Burgess, Benji Marshall, Mark Nichols. Um, you got Liam Knight on the bench with Jacob Host as well. And then you've got those halves. You talk about Reynolds and Cody Walker with Campbell Graham and, and Alex Johnston still on the side. It's, it's not a bad team to have during origin period. Up against a, a Cowboys team who are missing Francis Milo, Hamaso Tabuai Fido and Valentine Holmes. They're yeah, three strike players. But they've got a really good young fullback coming in, Cowboys. His name is Dajan Arce. He's usually a number six. Really good, classy young okay. player. And he's a player to, to really look out for in the future. Uh, Dejan, I've seen a fair bit of him. Um, he's 20 years of age.
2: I'm worried about our defensive effort, when I say our, uh, South Sydney's defensive effort tonight. Who wins Sats and by how much?
3: No, I, I think South win because they've still got that, that strike power of Alex Johnston, Braden Burns, Campbell, Graham, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. And then when he, I know Benji's going to be exhausted. He's going to be fatigued. Um, but, and they've got young... Um, Mamazoulis, Peter Mamazoulis, uh who's coming off the bench as well, who will who'll fill in as well at hooker. So Benji will play a really good utility role. I think they've just got too much experience in class.
2: Righto. South winning tonight from Sats. This is Off the Bench with Scott Sattler, Jason Matthews. When we come back, uh, we'll get a Racing Queensland update from Chris Nelson.
3: Welcome
1: back. This is Off the Bench NRL.
2: If anyone knew what was going on behind closed doors here, it's an absolute debacle. I'm working with monkeys in the the off-the-bench studio (laughs) this weekend. Scotty Sattler, uh, affectionately known as Satsy, uh, Jason Matthews and Chris Nelson, of course, joining us. Queensland is your place to race this year. And, Chris, a busy weekend in racing in Queensland.
0: Yes, it certainly is. Uh, Hello, guys. Uh, We are racing at Rockhampton, of course, for the Rocky Cup Cup. On Saturday, of course, racing at Doomben. also on Saturday. We race at Bow Desert for the Bow Desert Cup on Saturday. And then once all of that's gone, we go to Sunday and the rained-out meeting from last Saturday, the Caloundra Cup meeting, will be held on the Sunshine Coast. So Caloundra Cup, Glasshouse Handicap, Wing Skinnies, and the Bruce McLaughlin Classic for the two-year-olds. So... Looking forward to uh, to Sunday on the Sunshine Coast, where I will be in attendance, guys. So uh, feel free to come up and say hello.
2: Always a great day at the Sunshine Coast races.
0: Now Cor- a corporate well, suite.
2: <laughs> whose corporate suite you in this week, Chris?
0: I'm not in a corporate suite, but I am at a uh, VIP lunch. Of course so uh, there you go. Only red carpet there for you.
3: Go. Now the uh, Rocky Cup. Um, over the years, I've gone to the uh, Gold Cup, Mackay Gold Cup, uh, the amateurs up north in Cairns. I'm thinking the Rocky yep. Cup, Chrissy would be. A tremendous day out.
0: Well, it's a, it's a great couple of days because they run the new market on the Friday and the Cup on the Saturday, so they get a, a heap of people there for it, and they get some good interest from Brisbane, of course, with uh, with Tony Gollan uh, bringing up runners for both days and other stables uh, in southeast Queensland. Plus, this year we've got a runner from uh, the Waterhouse Bot Stable in Sydney in the uh, in the Rocky Cup, and it's currently favourite it goes under the name of Regal Stage. Nice. Got any tips? For Rocky mm. or anywhere? Anywhere. Yep, Doombin, Doombin uh, Saturday. I'm going to stick there because I think there's three horses there at shortish odds that I think can all win, so we can throw them in a multi. And they are race three, number six, Abel Mabel, returning from a break. Race four, number six, Indispensable, who's just busting to win a race now. Indispensable has uh, accepted both the Doomban Saturday and Sunshine Coast Sunday. Wherever he runs... I'm pretty confident he'll be winning. And race seven, number one, Axe. I think he'll be winning too. But Michael Costa, who's had such a uh, a great run at Grafton during the week, second in the morning, and, and winning the Grafton Cup.
2: Mabel was my mother's name. Just want to let you guys know. Well, there know you that. go. Mm and she wasn't that able i'll tell you that much but uh i well, oh, hey, does it say... rough yeah well don't... hey don't shoot the messenger uh radio so it's race 3 number 6 race 4 number 6 and race 7 number 1 we're on ax last time i think uh because of you and it didn't it just get run down
0: no no oh, won. last time i tipped you ax it strolled away in the straight one by about three lengths oh, thanks for remembering
2: right. yeah no worries <laughs> okay all right anything else <laughs> we're all done here queensland is racing the action continues this week at Durban. Uh, Sunny Coast, Rockhampton, bodeza everywhere That's that's where the racing yep. is happening. Uh, Chris Nelson, uh, have a great weekend, and I hope you pick some winners, mate. Gamble responsibly.
0: You, you too, guys. Enjoy.
2: Walker
1: running across field, throws the dummy straight past. Williams slips over oh. and scores. Louis got across there to try and make the tackle, but Sam Williams missed the tackle. Then Dylan Walker stepped off the left, slipped over, but was still able to get up. And reach out and score. Starling on the last. Starting out of acting half. Creating something out oh. of nothing. Tom Starling has picked it up and Manly went to sleep. And Tom Starling's beaten booting about four in the middle of the ruck. Fresh on the field. Scores the try. 12 metres out from the line. 6-4 Canberra over Manly. Four and a half out from half time. Williams with the dummy. Steps and scores. Manly went to sleep. And finally, after all those goal line dropouts, all that possession, the Canberra Raiders have got their second. Long bullet goes to Williams. He throws a dummy, takes them on. He's over the line but can't get it down again. Reuben Garrick holds him up. Then he gets forced into the in-goal area by he a scored. teammate. And he has got it down. Now Croker inside the 30 of Manly. 26 out, last tackle. Now Williams kicks high to the wing of Parker. Garrick, they all watch it bounce. It's off the head of Suley and Chris will score. Cast across field. Tow straight over the top of three and scores. He may have got the world's worst kick in before, but that was a barnstorming try by the Manly back rower, and the sea Eagles are starting their comeback. Foreign he is on an angle, so he will score. Oh. Straight through the Canberra Raiders' defence with barely a hand laid upon him. And Manly within ten with nine to go. Can't hear for the Canberra Raiders to ice this one. And what a win it would be for them. And Gould Gula. was over the line and scored. He just kept going. Lord was around the legs, but Emre Gould just kept going and scores the try that wins the game
2: for the Canberra Raiders. There you go. So that's 30-16, the Raiders over the Seagulls in Thursday night footy. One thing I'm going to say, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Raiders looked like they played like a team last night, didn't they? They did. They showed a lot of character, Jace, in the first 10
3: to 12 minutes. I thought Manly and their aggression and their enthusiasm—it um, was coming in waves really early on in the game. The way you want to start each game, and I—I I feared for the Raiders. I thought, are they just—are they going to turn over here? But and it's a hard road trip, especially in COVID. You leave Canberra in the morning. Whether they bus it up, which is three hours, or whether they fly
2: up—they flew, by the way.
3: Okay, flew. So there's you know there's a, a forty-hour flight, a forty-minute flight. <laughs> you get on the you get on the bus. You go to Manly, which is probably about. Probably about another half an hour to an hour at any hour. given time. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not a great road trip when you're coming from Canberra to, to turn up and then in the first ten minutes and fifteen minutes be dominated, but then show this this real great character to be able to flick the switch and turn the game in their favour, and then just score so many unanswered points at one at one period. It was really impressive. I'm, I'm glad for Ricky. I really like Ricky, and and uh, what's happening down in Canberra is is unfortunate. And uh, they've probably been one of the most underwhelming teams this year. But there was a period in the game, Jace, in the, about the 12th or 14th minute, Danamis Louis, their front row, got injured. Yeah. And they had to put Joseph Tarponay on really early. Tarponay, yeah. Joseph Tarponay really turned the momentum of the game. Then young Tommy Starling came on at hooker, yeah. scored an individual try underneath the goalpost. From that point on,
2: Canberra just dominated the game. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Tarponay... And Starling changed the game. They did absolutely. They, they did, uh, that, and gave him energy. And Hodgson at thirteen looked fantastic. Well, I think that's. I think that's where his future lies. Man Ryan, of the match. Well, Ryan
3: Sutton. Did he get the man of the match yeah, on you got, TV? Did you got he got
2: the Channel Nine man of the match? Okay.
3: Well, um, he actually didn't figure in Badge and I was three, two, one. Wow. But he got a special mention. For us, it was Ryan Sutton who was the the current lock. Who was really another front row. His numbers that he punched out were amazing, mm. and. Um, and, but I think moving forward, Hodgson – and because the, the game's so quick now around the dummy half, Hodgson's a hooker that gets out and he sort of looks at what's going on. And then if nothing's going on, he, he'll he'll serve it onto his his players, pass the ball on. Because the game's so quick around the markers now, you need hookers like your Cooks and your Starlings and mm. co that just mm. get out dummy half really quickly. Mm. So I think moving forward, Hodgson may be better at 13. Yeah. That ball-playing role, like a Victor Radley, Cam Murray-type player, Jake Trevojevic – and let Tom Starling start at hooker. So, yeah, it was really good to, to, for them to be able to turn that
2: game around on the run. There you go. Uh, the highlights of the Raiders' win over the Sea Eagles on Thursday night. Hey, this is Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews. Uh, when we come back, a uh, great interview uh, during the week with yourself, Badge, and the Cronulla Sharks Coach Josh Hannay Br- brutally honest, and with everything that's mm. going on with players and breaching COVID rules and all that at the moment, he was honest, as you say. Can I? And, can and I very say very open? Yeah, he was. So I loved
3: his honesty when we asked him about about the the players breaching protocols and his opinion on it. Is it funnily enough, I've read when since that has gone up on social media from our interview during the week, the amount of people that are that are dispar making disparaging comments towards. Josh and his opinion, it just... Get a life. You know, it, it annoys me that people can't see through complete lack of respect from the players and the, and the game and the, and the rules that have been set for everybody. I'd
2: like to see the age of those people making those comments. They're probably around the same age as the players, mate. Yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, uh, let you form your opinion, Josh Hannay Next here on Off the Bench. Coach of
3: the Cronulla Sharks,
2: Josh Hannay. What's a good pub in Newcastle, Joshy? I can
4: tell you one in Cronulla. What's a good well, one in the Shire? Other than, there, yeah. Other than Northies. Other than Northies. Mate, I, again, I don't get out much, too much. Northies is the only one I know. And if I do go out for
3: a beer, I'll pop in there. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, before we talk about the season so far, Origin uh, has been announced it's going to be in Newcastle and the first one in Townsville, which is close to your heart. You're a Moorumbah boy, a great regional yep. town yep. Uh, west of Mackay. What's your thoughts? are nice and cold up yeah, in Moorumbah. What's your thoughts about taking Origin to these, these regional areas?
4: I think it's great for those communities, but I think, to be realistic, um, obviously the game takes probably a financial hit. I know State of Origin is is a huge commercial um, sort of thing for the game in terms of bringing money into the game. And I love the scenes at Townsville. I think we all did. And I know people in the the Townsville community who just thought it was the best thing that's come to the town and the region for a long time. Um, So I know this is a bit of a... um, different situations with COVID and we, the game's got to look outside the square in terms of moving state of origin to these regions. And I, So I think, you know, they're doing their best and I think the, the spectacle at Newcastle is going to be a cracker, and as it was in Townsville. But ultimately, you know, we do need to be playing, um, you know, that game at, at, at our nation's biggest re, uh, arenas, I think, mm. yeah.
3: Loving what you're doing, mate, at the Sharks at the moment. Sitting eighth on the ladder, now just past the halfway. Mark, how do you assess the season so far?
4: Yeah, listen, it, it was... Obviously a a difficult sort of initiation, if you like, when I took over from from John, um, which is often the case, you know, and and that sort of coincided also with us being down on troops at the same time. We were were sort of regularly missing five, six, seven guys through that period as well, and and it was also the toughest part of our draw. I think we had a period where we played Melbourne away, Penrith away, uh, the Chooks away, the Rabbitohs away, so it was a bit of a perfect storm uh, for struggle, uh, if you like, and then... You know, slowly but surely we've gotten our best players back on the field, and 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 as you guys know as well as anyone, it, um, it it's no fluke. You know, when you get your best team out on the field, that you tend to um, perform better. So, yeah, over time we've been able to get our best team on the field and string some good performance performances together. I know we had a hiccup last weekend against Brisbane, but mm. you know, again I gave I give Brisbane credit there. I thought they were really good. Uh, we weren't at our best, but. I think that's a pretty talented Brisbane team that are going to ruffle a few feathers over the run home.
5: Yeah, a couple of players, well, especially with uh, Katoni Staggs back. Hey, uh, all this kerfuffle, we'll get back onto the Sharks in a sec with the Dragons, and uh, it's pretty heavy stuff, we know. Is it yep. is it difficult, do you think, for players? I'm not making excuses for any of them, because we've been as, as harsh yep. on what they've done as anyone. But for the players to finish off a, a big week or a big month and have a win, and then you've just got to go, guys, you just got to go home now, is that is that difficult? them, Do you understand why this might have happened?
4: Listen, I, I don't want to sound like a, an old school sort of tough guy here because I'm certainly not, and I certainly wasn't in my time. But I, I just think, I think the young players of today—they're not, they're not young. They're men. They're not kids, and they they understand right from wrong. And, and, and it was clearly you, you, you hear the, the commentary um, out of this, and that were, it was clearly explained to them by their. Superiors, you know, the the general manager of footy and and, and Anthony Griffin, the head coach, what was expected of them. And I just think there's still this, um, with too many players in our game, this underlying sort of sense that um, we're a little bit above the law. And and to your point, Badge, like we play a tough sport. We work really hard. It's a physical sport. It's really demanding and stressful and all that stuff. And and there's still this sense that we deserve or the players deserve uh, an outlet. Um, which is often a beer and a party and going to the pub. But, you know, through times like this, we've just, you know, players and individuals just really have to, you know, knuckle down and and be really mature about the situation. And, and, yeah, it was a good win and they worked really hard for that win. But, hey, there's there's, there's bigger things at play right now and and the survival of our game um, at the forefront of that. We need to be ticking every box to, to ensure that our game can sort of pull through this, and and so I don't have a lot of sympathy, to be really honest, for you, for players who step outside the line there. Yeah,
5: yeah, well, and well said. I think most people agree with you, if not all. Absolutely. Um, you, you said you had a hiccup last week against the um, uh, the Broncos, but the week before you, you beat the Cowboys. What do you do? do you, it's, there's got to be some way that the coach says, okay, you know, it's not just a little slap on each other's. But what do you do to? How, how do you sell? I think it's really important that you c- celebrate your successes. How do you do it in these times?
4: Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's something that um, I think as a football department, you've, you've actually got to really get your head around. Because I think you can't just bury your head in the sand and go, "Okay, this is we're in lockdown," and you know, just there's going to be no fun. You know what I mean? We, there's still there's still ways and means within your bubble to, as I say, hopefully we have a, have a good win against. The Auckland Warriors this Sunday, and you, you never want to put the car before the horse and start thinking about, you know, the celebration after the game. But you have certainly got to um, consider ways to to let the players relax and, and 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 enjoy hopefully what is a good win. And and, and for us at, at the moment, it really is just about if, if we're able to win this weekend. It's about having a beer in the dressing sheds. It's a bit old school, but sitting around in the sheds mm. after the game, you know, just relaxing in our any. In each other's company and we, it's not about having an all-nighter in the dressing sheds but I think that's about the best we can do at the moment is, mm. is make that that sort of their sanctuary and then hopefully we go out there as I say and get the job done and then yeah we can all sit around the dressing sheds afterwards and you know put some music on have a couple of beers and and, um, and, and make sure everyone gets home safely. Yeah. What, nice. what, what
3: music does Josh Hannay like to listen to as opposed to the new-age millennial <laughs> music Josh? <laughs>
4: Oh, I can tell you, I love Bruce Springsteen, boys. If I could sit in the dressing shed and listen to the boss for a couple of hours, I'd be really happy. But I'm not going to get that across the line with these guys. It's all the hip-hop stuff at the most. Of the so I won't be hearing any Bruce Springsteen in the dressing sheds any time soon.
3: Now, no-one likes to see the game hurting. No-one likes to see other coaches hurting. Um, but you're sitting eighth. The Dragons are sitting seventh. Do you sit back and you look at what happened in the last three days and think – Hey, we could possibly take advantage of this situation what would be a possibly depleted Dragons team. I
4: oh, I guess I guess there's probably six or seven clubs looking at the Dragons situation going well. You know, that's yeah, cuz realistically there's probably half a dozen teams vying for the last two spots in the in the top 8 and um without doubt I think everyone's probably looking to be fair at the Dragons situation and going well life's just gotten a lot harder for these guys in the run home. So, um you know, I, I how it will impact um, the Dragons ultimately, I'm not sure. We spoke about this as a staff at Cronulla yesterday about the decisions right now I can only imagine that that Dragons coaching staff are having to make in terms of juggling the suspensions of their plays and working out what's going to be the best formula in terms of you know sharing those um, um, suspensions around, if that makes sense, mm. because they can... You know pull a couple of guys out week you know three guys this week three three the next type thing so I've got no doubt that coaching staff's got a lot of headaches at the moment trying to work out what the best formula is for that for their playing squad yeah, moving for sure. forward um juggling these suspensions yeah
5: for sure yeah hey um now you've got to also look you have one eye on the future and Craig Fitzgibbon is coming and you'll still be on on board on the coaching staff um Nico Hines is coming. He's are you, are you still pretty active in the market. Are you involved in that heavily, Josh, as somewhat as um, you know, standing in for Craig there? No, I,
4: I've, I'm absolutely um, staying right out of the, the um, recruitment side of things. I think from a retention point of view, like we went through a period probably six weeks ago, two months ago, where we were, you know, it was a real push to... Um, You know, re-sign some of the key guys like Connor Tracy, Toby Rudolph, Will Kennedy, um, those types of guys. So, obviously, had my thoughts and opinions on that, and and shared those with with Craig. But in terms of recruitment and bringing new players into the club, that's that's left completely up to to him and um, Darren Mooney, our GM of Footy.
1: Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our off-the-bench footy tips.
2: Rightio, uh, the two games we haven't covered uh, for round 17, the split round, uh, Saturday night, Bulldogs versus Roosters. Roosters? Roosters. By a truckload.
3: Um, yeah. I mean, they're struggling at the moment, the Roosters, with with so many injuries. Sam Walker, um, Feelings though that they they need to rest him. That's what many are thinking. Anyway, he's a little bit battered and bruised at the moment. He's been playing with a damaged shoulder, so there's a chance that he won't play. Joseph Suwali, Suwali they think, will play. Still too much class in the Roosters' side.
2: Yeah. Uh, and Sunday afternoon. Looking forward to this game. This is probably the most competitive game of the round. Eighth place Sharks take on the thirteenth place. Good game. Warriors should be a good game. Rhys Walsh back for the Warriors. Who are uh, Roger tuivasa check back onto
3: the, the wing, wing. Um, which is. You know, hard to explain, but when you we've spoken to Cameron George, their CEO the Warriors, and he said as Roger tuivasa Shek's, it was his idea seeing that he was moving on, that it made sense that Reese plays at fullback and he just educates him on the run. Yeah, you know, just a you know, great, you know, an unselfish decision there by Roger Tuavasa Shek. And uh, I like what the Cronulla Sharks are doing under Josh Hannay, they've got an aging team. And an ageing forward pack, I should say. But outside of that, I just like what Josh is doing with this side. We know a lot of players not knowing where they're going next year. Um, but this Warriors side, there's something about them that says to me they're going to play finals. I, I can't put my finger on it. They're an unpredictable side. Tough loss last week with that one-point loss to the Dragons. But something's telling me that they're going to click very soon and they'll put together two or three wins in a row and they'll start pushing themselves further you know, into that top eight. So... I'm going to take the Warriors up against the Sharks. Really close game. I don't think there's going to be anything in it. Wouldn't surprise me if it went down to a a golden point again for the the Warriors.
2: Yeah, I'm with the Sharks. I'm going opposite you. I think the Sharks will bounce back. They were terrible against the Broncos. They've admitted that. Yeah. Uh, But the Broncos were good, though. Put a lot of pressure on them. So I'm going for the Sharks. Should be a good game. Radio Satsi. one more thing to do. Before we go on off the bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? Oh, listen, by the way, commiserations too to Nathan Brown's family too with the passing away of uh, his brother
3: last week. Yeah, found
2: out he's was his sister who drove to Central Coast Stadium. Was no, it his wife?
3: His wife drove yeah. to the Central Coast to uh, to tell him after yeah, the uh, the after loss of the Dragons last week. Yeah, it's it's, it's heartbreaking. He's one of the. Rugby league's real good guys, Nathan Brown. It's um yeah, it's it's just heartbreaking.
2: Our thoughts are with you, Brownie and your your family. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, Sats? I think a little
3: bit like you. Everyone's looking forward to Saturday night. Um Wimbledon final against Pliskova, the Czech Republican, former number one, Ash Barty. And you know, it, this would just be this will this'll be sensational. has been old, she's been able to hold on to that number one position because of COVID. But this this gives her the ability to put all the doubters in their place who – who don't believe that she's a legitimate number 1 yep. contender. She's an amazing young woman. Cross-code genius when she plays what well, she played AFL,
2: cricket, cricket. She played she played WBBL. WBBL. She, she too. yeah, she, she took the a, heat. Yeah, she took a year off tennis to play WBBL and she said it was the break she needed.
3: Amazing. Amazing. So she's the sort of person, Jace, that if she won Wimbledon that she'd say right here that's it. Go- I don't think I'm so. going to go pick up something else now. I oh, mean, she, no, I don't know. she loves and she's so good at so many sports. She's at that age where she's got the ability to say, "Well, I'm going to take another year off. I'm going to go play something yeah. else." So yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch that.
2: That's no ego. As well, yeah. I, I, that's what I love about. It. She yeah. just gets on with it. She's, I love
3: seeing her at the. She's uh, gracious. Last year, the Lions versus the, yeah. the Richmond Tigers. She's a mad <laughs> Richmond fan, yeah. standing with a with a schooner in a hand, yeah. celebrating the, the Richmond Tigers as they played the Lions. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Ash as well, but there's something else I'm I'm looking forward to. I wonder what on Sunday. Yeah. And and um, I'm surprised if you don't like this. I'm looking forward to Beauty and the Geek. Oh, I talking about
3: the Swanies.
2: Oh no, Swanny's a Sunday. Arvo. this. Is yeah. my Sunday is all set. Yeah, I'm going to go Swans. Roll that into Beauty and the Geek on Channel Nine. Oh, I can't wait, mate. Beauty, it's my favourite.
3: Apart all from reality from that shows, Married like at
2: MAFS. is the Mavs is the mayor. Yep. Right? it's the top. This Beauty and the Geek Deputy Mayor. Are you serious? Love it, mate.
3: Would never watch one episode of it.
2: It's fair. I'm bumping Farmer Wants a Wife now. You're gone. That was just a fill in.
3: Oh, I don't mind Farmer Wants a Wife. Oh, I'm the geek. The, you know, the
2: guys transform.
3: I love the high maintenance city life <laughs> females that go out to the bush and go. Yep, I want a farmer as a husband. And all of a sudden, they've got to put their arm up the backside of a of a car, of a cow, or whatever it may be. And they think, Hang on, Well, see. hang on?
2: Why are they sticking there? Well, not up
3: their backside, but you know, the, <laughs> what are the you other up part to, when they're?
2: What are you doing? You've got to check
3: the pregnancy and all that sort of stuff. They're right, got to put a big
2: glove on. And right, I was wondering what and happened.
3: And thinking, hang on a sec. Two days ago, I was sitting in a nice restaurant having coffee with my friends, and now I've got my arm <laughs> halfway up a cow,
2: so. Um, yeah, I was wondering what happened when you went on that llama walk now. <laughs> that poor llama has not been able to sit down. All right, listen, that is the end of Off the Bench, Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go the Blues on Wednesday night. Let's make it a clean Stop sweep, eh, hey, Sats? You don't agree? No, I don't agree. All righty, see Hang you on. later. <laughs>